Welcome to the I Am Sexy podcast. I'm your host, Ray, and this is a safe space where being vulnerable is the norm and sexy does not equal skinny. I'm here to remind you that beauty begins within, that life is just one big, beautiful mess, and that you, more than anyone else, are worthy of your own love. We're going to equip and empower you to dig deep and find your sexy because sister, you are worth it and you are stunning. Hey babe, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the I Am Sexy podcast. If you haven't already, I'd love it if you would leave a review and make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. These are what help get the podcast out there so that I can continue to serve women just like you. I love this tribe so much and I'd love to connect with you. So come find me over on Instagram at IamSexyTP. Share your screenshots of this episode and let me know what you think. Before we dive into today's guest, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, for your support and for sharing this. This week I caught up with Emma Wynn. You might know Em from the reality TV series The Single Wives where she joined three other brave women in their journey to start dating again after facing divorce or the loss of their husband. Em's story of marriage, divorce and the journey to find her real self is so beautiful and she shines a light on some of the deeply rooted beliefs that we may carry around about ourselves. These days, Em is making the most of life, running her own business as a men's vulnerability coach and hosting her brand new podcast, Walk Through the Wound, where she helps others start their own self-work journey. Let's dive into my chat with Emma Wynn. Good, love. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today. I am so excited to have you. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. And I just, I actually love the theme of your podcast. Like, when you reached out, I was like, yes, this is a podcast that I am all about. <laughs> That's awesome. I got, I'm pretty excited about it. Hey, like... That, I think that's some of the feedback that I've been given is that it's one of those ones that people are like, yeah, like we don't talk about this stuff enough. And I think we do touch on a lot of stuff that other people touch on, but in a different light. So yeah, I'm really excited that you're here. First question I ask every one of my guests is what color underwear are you wearing? Oh, <laughs> it was a few hours ago. And they got, oh, black. Nice. Black. Neutral. <laughs> boring black, not like sexy lacy black. <laughs> like Bond's black. Lacy black. COVID's changed my underwear game. I've all my sexy white stuff's just not been used for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love that? It's like laundry can go in the cupboard. Out come the tracksuit pants, the hoodies, and yeah, out of yeah, that's exactly what I'm in. You're spot on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What is your definition of sexy? Oh, this is, this is a really good question. You know, I find that sexy is when you are just so comfortable in your own skin. Mm. Like I personally just don't find anything sexier than a man or woman. Like I, I, I'm into, I'm into the blokes, but (laughs) I can appreciate a sexy woman, you know? And I find that, what I, when I feel the most sexy or when I can see, when I get that aura from someone, there's just this confidence about them in their look. Like they've just, they just know what their style is. They know what their vibe is, Mm. but also internally, you know, they're comfortable to just be them. And that's what I found too with men. Like when I am totally comfortable within myself and my body and, you know, my technique in the bedroom and all of that, (laughs) that's what they love, you know? Yeah, that confidence. Yeah, and just knowing, like, it's not about trying to be what you think is sexy or what you think someone wants sexy to look like. You know, it's it's very unique. It's very individual to each person. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, sexy is so much when someone's being their self, that is Mm. when their sexy comes out. Hey, that's awesome. What is the Emma story? What is, tell us about your journey, what you do, what you're passionate about. Go for it. Wow. (laughs) This is going to be a long podcast episode. (laughs) So my journey has been, so I'm 30. I won't go through every year of my life, but (laughs) 
I feel like a big part, spirituality has been a huge part of my journey. So I was mm. brought up in the Christian church. Um, I got married very young. I was married at 20 um, to a beautiful man, but he wasn't the right man for me. Um, so we divorced at 25 and pretty much from 25 to now, I have been embracing and getting to know my real true authentic self. So I started to understand this concept throughout my marriage that we uh, we often end up being who we've been taught to be, but mm. not who we are and so I started taking off the masks throughout my marriage really getting to know who actually is Emma like away from the values I've been taught the um, you know beliefs I've been taught the structures that I've grown up within the education that I've had the career at my path that I've had I was a social worker at the time I was a social worker for seven years with teenagers um, which I loved doing I'm all about serving people but it was just not quite the right expression for my mm -hmm. unique way to serve the world um, so I've I've really spent the last 10 years uh, picking myself apart pulling off the layers pulling off the masks trying to understand who i truly and authentically am um, and a big part of that story has been um getting married and then getting divorced within the christian church mm. which is a really like big kind of thing to do it's yeah, not it's a real yeah it's not yeah. really accepted or encouraged or so there was a lot of judgment a lot of shame put on mm. me there so i've had to work through a lot of that stuff and also just in the last five years understanding the difference between religion and spirituality yeah. and you know leaving sort of organized religion behind but embracing spirituality and like my own expression of that mm. um so yeah, I'm, I currently, in terms of like work, I feel like work for me isn't work. It's like my mission. It's like my calling in life, you I know? Um, yeah. So I'm a coach. I'm a, I'm a men's vulnerability coach. Um, and a vulnerability has been a huge part of my journey. I, yeah. you know, the part of the taking the masks off has been, you know, my, you know, the, the, the part of me, the me that I would show people was very bubbly, confident, a leader, you know, like that kind of woman. But that's all I would show. This yeah. sort of more sensitive, vulnerable side to who I am, I kept hidden. Mm. So it's been about a lot of the last five years has been about offering up, or particularly the last three years, has been offering up like my true vulnerable self and not caring about whether or not that fits in with other people's agenda of who I am or who mm -hmm. I need to be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like men have that similar, a very sort of similar story. Like, like society expects them to be a particular way. We haven't really created a culture that allows our men to feel and express. So we see a lot of anger. We see a lot of domestic violence. We see a lot mm -hmm. of suicide with our blokes. Um, and I just, I sort of feel like I've just, I've just got a real heart for men to hold space for them, mm. to be able to sort of like do what I did, take the masks off and actually figure out who they authentically are. Mm. So I feel really fortunate that, you know, my, like my career path, but my personal journey have gone hand in hand, you know, mm, it's not yep. sort of like I've had a career and a personal life. It's sort of like, it's all just um, meshed into one. <laughs> and here we are at 30, you know, just... Live a so life, good. single, I'm a single girl. <laughs> you no, know, any fellas that might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> and we're trying to get it a newie. So, like, any Newcastle guys in particular would be ideal. <laughs> Look, yes, absolutely. I feel like with COVID, like, I almost need a, I need to marry someone to go into state. <laughs> Like I need a visa to get into state. I'm from Melbourne. I'm trying well, to get into Newcastle. Okay, we've done the dating thing. We've done the marriage thing. Let's try the arranged marriage thing now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a show for that too. We'll just do the arranged marriage yeah, thing. Something different. You know, a lot of people ask me because of, of my Christian upbringing and being married so young, they say to me, oh, was it arranged? And I, I'm like, no, no, it wasn't arranged. It was definitely like by choice. <laughs> but I, a lot to people that I don't see it as a mistake but I think it was my false self that wanted mm. to marry it was yeah. it was the part of me that was like oh marrying him is being the person that you're expected to be that yeah. you've been trained to be yeah. but it's not authentic me and if you mm. hide authentic you for long enough she starts she or he starts to you know push their head. through the cracks of your heart and your mind like let me out like let mm. me out and yeah, that can result sure. in huge 
like leave your marriage. Yes. And there is such a stigma in the church as well, particularly, you know, for anyone that's grown up in the church, like becoming a wife and a mum is like the end goal. And there are so many women within church that are so, um, you know, there are women who are just like their life mission is to be a mum and a wife. And that is amazing. But also there are ones who are like, yeah, I want to get married. Yeah, I want to have kids, but I want to run a business. I want to have a purpose. I have, you know, things that I want to reach for. And they're really ambitious. Mm. But sometimes the pressure to get married and have kids is like, I've got to do that first. Yes. And that was me. Like I, my God, like I've always wanted to be a mum. And Mm -hmm. and, and that was a huge thing for me to consider when I was looking at leaving my marriage. Because I Mm. thought, even though I'm only 25, who knows like if I'll meet mm. someone and I still don't know the answer. I don't, mm. cause I'm not a mum and I'm single. So I still don't know if I, did I give up motherhood permanently, but mm. to be my true self maybe. And if so, that's okay. Because mm. the cost of denying myself for the rest of my life to stay being a wife and potentially be a mum, like that cost, I wasn't willing to pay the yeah. price of denying myself any longer, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I found that too, that it was, and it was very um, congratulated in, the, and probably still is in the Christian church, you know, to be married and to sort of be doing that thing. I don't know, like I felt, I don't know if women can relate to this, maybe listening who have been down a similar path, but I always felt that if you are dating a guy in the Christian world, it feels like your life with him can't start until you're married. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't sleep together beforehand, you don't holiday together, you don't live together. Like you just, there's nothing that you're allowed to do within that sort of space. So I know. And then when I was married, I was like, oh, I sort of thought this would feel a bit different. Like because you, it, it's almost, it, it's almost put across that that's the cure. Like mm. it's hard now because you're not having sex and because you're not living together and you're not so. But once you're married, it'll be so much easier. That no. sort of. <laughs> me no exactly it's not and that's why yeah like, oh, there's more to this than what I've been sold <laughs> and it's really funny because I do believe like there are different timings for things and you know this is inside and outside the church but we can often depending on who we surround ourselves with have this set in stone idea of what we have to do and in what order and so particularly within the church you do not live together until you are married which yeah. is something Caleb and I did now mm. we like it was funny. The only reason we did it was because my physical health was so bad, and what was making it so much worse was going between two different houses all the time. Oh, absolutely! And Great. and so I spent three months sleeping on a couch in his like he had like a loft, like self-contained, like sort of bedroom apartment type thing in the share house. Yeah, I literally spent three months sleeping on a couch in that house living there full time like I don't know yeah. how I didn't end up with a broken neck because I had the best <laughs> sleeps I'd had in months on that couch and and it was funny because it was a share house and we had our boundaries but that was we knew that that was right for us and I took time to pray about it and I was like I just need peace about this and I'll do it had mm. peace and I was like yeah great then we decided then we felt actually it's time for us to move into our own place but we're not going to, this is, I think, about three months before we were due to get married. We're not going to do that on our own. A couple of the boys or one of the boys that was living with us was going to come with us because he was, like, keen to stay with us. And I went and told one of my mentors at church and I got shamed, like, no. horrendously shamed. Yeah. And yeah. I was, like, and my, my discernment around what God had told me was challenged and what... Um, and, and my ability to make a decision for myself as a 25 year old adult, like couldn't possibly do that. Yeah. And so she just went, you can't both live there. And I'm like, why not? We've been living in the same house for the last six months. Like, we'll see you. And, but also I went, yeah, God has lined this up. God has made this so clear to me, like so clear. Yeah. And it was just like, no. And it's just. I think, yeah, it really taught me that it's like my journey or what I think is, you know, I would not say to, there are a lot of couples, I would not be like, you guys are probably just moving together and it'll be a lot easier right now. And there's other couples I'm like, have you thought about moving in together and like not putting this weight on yourselves to do it all the right way? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And my friends and family used to laugh because they'd walk into our bedroom and there was a queen bed on the floor and there was a queen bed and there was just, it was hilarious. But I was like, yeah, that was just the boundary, but this works for us. Yeah, yeah, I know. We, I did the same with my husband. Like, we didn't live together. We did the, the separate bed thing. Like, I was a virgin bride. I hadn't slept with yeah. anyone. 20, I was a virgin bride. And it's interesting though what you say there, Reed, about the trusting your own decision because mm-hmm. that's been a huge lesson for me since leaving my marriage and walking away from religion yeah. is that I have had to get used to and learn within myself like what my intuition is and to mm-hmm. trust that because I was never taught to trust it yeah my intuition and what I felt was right was always impure and wrong you know and shamed and judged and needed forgiveness and was sinful yeah. you know so that part of all of us that we have that is such an integral part of like living not understanding your intuition and knowing how to trust yourself and lean into what you feel is right for you for me, it was never encouraged because you're, yeah. you know, it's fleshy. Like my, it's fleshy. That's right. It's, it's, <laughs> that's, so I love that you said that. <laughs> that, that is, yeah, it's fleshy. It's a, it's got a you know, and so I really struggled for a long time. And to be honest with you, I still do. I still mm. have to be very, like conscious of this limiting belief that I have had because of what I've been brought up with. So what my mind thinks is normal sometimes still of not actually trusting myself. And so to lean in and go, no, this is one of those moments that you're having a freak out because you were never, you, you, you were never given the space to do this. Like trial and error I don't know about your experience, but my experience, like trial and error was never a thing. Mm. <laughs> to make a mistake and that's okay. Like that's cool. We'll just mm. sort of try and get that. It was always striving for the pure outcome or the godly outcome or the godly decision and the right decision of what is of service to others and, you know, love to God. Like it was so to, I have had to learn how to forgive myself, how to just try things. And if it stuffs up, that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's not it. You know, just, just this, what some people find super, super easy to do. I've had to really. Yeah. yeah to learn how to do and just that basic thing of trusting my own intuition and my where I feel I'm being led you know and it's interesting you say that because I find like I've not been allowed to make many mistakes and then be okay but that's a conversation Mm. Caleb and I have been having a lot lately is if you made a mistake particularly like with his upbringing it actually it wasn't okay to make a mistake it was a reflection of your self-worth yeah it, it often you know there's okay. it depends on how that's received if you've grown up in a family where it's okay to make mistakes and that's so fine like you didn't mean to hurt them you need to apologize and then it's okay or you know try not to do that again like you know if you're going to do it intentionally then you're a little bitch really aren't you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, yeah. you know somebody who's got such a genuine heart and loves people so much he's not going to go around trying to just destroy people and yes. And so, you know, something that's come up for us a lot has been like, if something happens, I'm like, hey, it's like, I didn't appreciate that. And it's like, I'm being a really bad husband. And I'm like, no, you just did something that I didn't appreciate. And I'd appreciate if you tried to do it again. Yes. But you're not a bad husband. You're not untrustworthy. You're not unworthy. You're not a bad person. You don't have like, Mm -hmm. and he's like, but I love you. And I'm like, I know you love me. I've never questioned Mm -hmm. that for a second. Yeah. But we're not allowed to get it wrong because otherwise we are a bad, like there is an impure part of us and it's like, yeah, it's called humanity. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it's the difference between guilt and shame. So guilt is I did something bad and Mm. shame is I. Yeah. So that, that whole message for me personally, like growing up in the church, like that whole message just got completely construed. Yeah. Can you say that again? Cause I think it just cut out and I want people to hear (laughs) Yes. Yes. So guilt is I did something bad and shame is I am bad. Yeah. And needs to be a separation to understand that my action was, um, you know, untrustworthy or my action was, wobbly or my action was yeah. a bit un- unstable but I'm not wobbly I'm not unstable mm. I'm not. it was just that 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 action I did was so that I feel gets a little bit misconstrued mm. or my was that 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 message didn't wasn't taught very well for me yeah in the church setting it was more that 
if like you're saying with Caleb, like if I do something that turns out to maybe not have been, you know, the, I don't think it's hard to even find the words for it. Cause you know, it's, you know, that would be deemed as a mistake or that would be deemed yeah. as like, oh, whoops, that hurt someone or whatever, you know, it was more, it was around shame. It wasn't around guilt. It was around mm. like, you know, it, it, you were shamed. And it's a set, that feeling that you got about, you know, moving in together before you were married and the response you got sort of elicited mm. this shame within you. Um, and it's a very confusing space to navigate when you walk out of it because you're so used to, you, you sort of, you can, you're conditioned to feeling shame, mm. <laughs> you know, so particularly around sex. Like for me, leaving my marriage and then having a sex life, I, it took me a long time to, mm. to not, shame myself for that you know because that's 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 the teachings that i'd had is that sex is for marriage and outside of marriage it's impure (laughs) yeah which didn't really work for me you know sort of like i went (laughs) all the right ways and it didn't work so yeah yeah it's um it's funny how you can literally keep it by the book and do everything you're supposed to do and it still might not work yeah that's right it's not actually the perfect recipe guys no, 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 <laughs> not exactly. And to have space to be able to try something else without feeling the shame. I mean, that is a liberating place to get to, mm. which I, I have gotten to. I can sometimes be triggered, but I certainly have gotten to that place now. And like, oh gosh, it is a good time to be able to pick up a man at a bar and go and have a good time and say, see you later the next morning and maybe never hear from him again. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, hey, because that can be so liberating to just sort of be like I actually have nothing to be ashamed of I'm not a horrible person I'm not a bad person I am yeah. I'm just doing me like that's I'm right. just and doing me yes and to let like another part of the sex journey for me has been you know for so long I got used to pushing down my sexual desires because mm. I was waiting till marriage so all throughout my teenage years my youth even dating my husband being engaged to my husband no sex no sex no sex so for and don't me, be sexy on any level. Yes, that's right. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> that thinking of, you know, like, oh, don't, you know, don't, don't be provocative for men. No. You know? <laughs> don't make it harder for men. You know, cover up. Yeah. Don't make it harder for men. Like, oh. Please. Please. Um, but I've had to learn how to let my sexual desires actually arise within me and then mm. fulfill them. Mm-hmm. If I feel that that's okay. And you know what? Now it's come to a point where... If I have, a, if I, my desire is that I've, you know, like I'm wanting sex or I'm feeling like I yeah. want to connect actually, but I, I can actually now go, oh yeah, nah, I actually don't think that's really what you're looking for right now. What you're actually looking mm. for is something else. And then I'll go and fulfill it in another way, like bloody have a bath or go to bed early or whatnot, because I've allowed myself to lean into that space mm. of doing what was once shamed, but now it's, you know, I don't feel like I have to engage in sexual emotion yeah. with a man to feel like I'm being empowered. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because I've allowed myself to do it. So now it's almost like I need it less. Yeah. If that, if that's, yeah. 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 It's yeah. funny because if you're told you can't have something, you want it. That's and right. so when it's like, no, no, you can have it. That's fine. And you become familiar with it and you start to actually get to know it. You understand the power that it has and it actually takes away some of the power that it has too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. What are, oh, I am so excited to ask you this question. <laughs> what are some of the stigmas around the word sexy that you've experienced? Go feel uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, my gosh. Oh, it's like slut. <laughs> that's like, that has been a big yeah, one for me. That's to huge. Um, that you are like just like being provocative but in a bad way you know um, that sexy is you know it's not wholesome you know women like you are, you know you've got a oh this one you know smart women aren't sexy oh please you know <laughs> it's also like smart, smart women don't do reality tv well <laughs> you know like just that stigma around yeah, wholesome women, smart women, women of good value, women who know their worth, don't put any of their uh, identity on being sexy. Like, you know. Black women weren't created to be physically yeah. sexual humans at yeah, all. <laughs> right, you know, just being caged in, like, 
Mm. Um, that it's taboo, that it's that if you're sexy, then you're not all these other great things about you. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, it's, you know, and you, do you know what? To, to be perfectly honest with you, whenever I have, whenever I have picked up a, a guy at a, at a bar or, or done a, done the dating app thing and we've had a bit of a fling or whatnot or, or it's been an on, ongoing dating thing, I will sometimes ask them, like, what really, like, what drew you to me? Like, what was the, you know, mm. and they will say things like, I found your confidence so sexy. Mm. I found, like, the fact that you were able to talk to me so sexy. Like, I just, I love how passionate you are about your career. Like, it's sexy. So, it's, like, all of these things that I'm told I'm not if I'm sexy, they're the things that, to these guys, have made them sexy, you know? Yes! Yes, I hear you. I went through that, hey, like, in my early 20s, I went through a season of just dating but I came to this space where it was like everything I'd been told as a child that I was so too loud like I would just been told as a whole umbrella you are too much you need to tone it down because people don't like this and then I get to like 22 23 and suddenly I'm like single and I'm dating and and like guys are, and this sounds so arrogant, but I'm so not being arrogant. No, go, babe, go. Guys are blocking because I just don't have any reserve. I'm like, yep, I run this company like for somebody. Yes, I do this. Yes, I live on my own. Like rah rah. And they're like, I remember one one night I was seeing this guy, and he goes, "Are you too young to like be responsible for somebody's business?" And I was like aren't you too young to own a house? Because he was renovating his own place and he's like, but I'm older than you. And I was just like, wait, what is your problem? Like, and it was weird because he kept in contact and I was like, you're clearly not threatened by me. Like he was, it wasn't a, actually, I think you're too young. I think you're too up yourself. Like it was just a, and he goes to me like a couple of weeks later because it's really impressive. And I was like, could have fooled me. You really could yeah. afford <laughs> Your delivery could do with yeah. some work. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny how, like, we just have this thing where it's, you know, it's too, if you're too much, you can't be both. And That's so right. I went through this being like, you're too much of this, you're too much. And then I'm going, hang on. But, like, exactly who I've been made to be is exactly what draws people to me. Women yeah. and men, not just men, not just physically, not just sexually, but, yes. like, you know, the body that I have draws men to me when I use it to do that or or the personality that I have when I want to be loud and outgoing and fun and flirtatious I can be absolutely it's it's not a bad thing no some people just can't be it's not them and that's fine yeah yeah but it's really hard to like to be told you can't be all these things and then suddenly realize those things are your power that's right exactly that's exactly right and it, it, that, it comes down to that too for me with my softer, gentler side, which is what on the single wives Matthew Hussey mm. picked up on about like mm. showing this I loved side. That. Oh, it was just like the that. most, that realisation for me was just, you know, like this is the part that you, that can, that you connect with, like that mm. men will connect with, with you. So like the bubbly, confident, chatty, you know, social Emma, like can hook them in and get them intrigued. Like, oh wow, this girl same same as you, really. Like, mm. this, well, she's like got some, you know, she's capable and she's independent. She's confident. Mm. The part that really gets them to connect is that like more sensitive, uh, gentle, vulnerable side mm. to me, which I never really showed. Which also for me, growing up, there was no space for that. Like mm. it was this mix of like again too much like I was always deemed as dramatic like oh she's she'd be great for the stage but what that really <laughs> yeah you want to say yet what I've realized <laughs> that that actually is is that I'm really sensitive mm. so my experience of an emotion or my experience of a situation or an engagement with someone may just feel a bit more intense than what yours mm. is so my retelling of that or my expression of that is quite can be quite intense and quite large and that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean I'm made for the stage it just it actually means I'm a sensitive person you know (laughs) but that was never I was never taught that or that was Mm. never allowed you know so my same as you like my big expression or my big thinking or my big feeling it didn't fit into a category that people knew how to control yeah so it was like, oh, you know, she's just, she's bubbly and she's, but it was also like quietened down, quietened down, but not in a way that was 
um, embrace your sensitivity and your gentle yeah. soft side. It was just like, stop being too much of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And the combination of those two things, like exactly what you're saying, is what I find men have, that's what they've been drawn to in me. It's mm. been that, you know, and Hussey, Matthew Hussey talks about this. I don't think this was aired, this conversation with him, but where he says, what makes you addictive to someone? What makes someone not be able to get enough of you? <clears throat> is showing them different spheres of your personality. Mm. So like a diamond has different faces, different in, in different lights, different parts of the diamond will glow or the gemstone mm. will glow. So it's the same with people and personality. If you are confident but also gentle, oh, people can't get enough of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Being one and the other, which we all like, the polarities that make yeah. people so unique and diverse and just gloriously delicious, you know, like the, the, the one <laughs> Um, and to be able to have a space, a partner, a relationship, a person see that in you and embrace all those parts of you and not try to like box them in and cage it in. Mm. Like that is a beautiful connection to have with someone. You know? mm, absolutely. So, uh, to allow someone to be who they truly are, even if it's scary or frightening or you're unsure what to do with it as a parent or an uncle or a friend or a teacher, you know, I think to be able to just let them be, as Glennon Doyle says, untamed, <laughs> be their wild self is a really beautiful thing. And, it, and that's what I've realised, that's what defines my sexy. Like that's my unique sexy mm, yeah you know like oh i was drawn i was drawn to that and you because it's cliche but you know that who you are on the inside is who you are on the outside but your body will actually um replicate what's going on in your mind yeah so if you absolutely love yourself and you truly are confident and you're you know that you're worthy of a conversation with the guy at the bar your body language will replicate that and then that draws them in physically too to your mm. physical because you're because you're illuminating what you've got going on in your head. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love watching. Do you know what? I do you know oh, I think of this all the time. Mm. There are so many spheres to dating that if we had someone like Matt walking alongside us, oh. we would just be like, I still remember my favorite part in the whole show is that first text message that comes through and it's like oh what do I say have you and he's like have you replied she's like no but I'm going to like how long do I wait and he's like it doesn't matter and he's all just sit there stunned and he's like it doesn't matter just reply and then she's like okay what I say and the four of you start to concoct this message and he's like what did he say and so she reads the message and then he takes the phone and he goes okay reads the message and she goes he goes what does that mean because he's making time for me and he goes, no, it means I had a really good time with you last night. I'd like to see you again soon. <laughs> no, we complicate it. We so overcomplicate it. It's hilarious. But I know. It's just I, like, women, yeah. we need yeah. to stop, A, stop writing each other's text messages, say what you mean <laughs> and just say it. But also, like, it was just this massive moment for me being married and I'm like, don't read into what Caleb's saying. Just listen uh, to what he's saying. <laughs> yes, they just, and that's the thing with blokes. They, and I've learned this as a coach now, um, who co- I coach men. Yeah. Where they literally, what they say is what they mean. Like there's yeah. no, when <laughs> we respond and go, what do you mean, babe? They're like, I mean that. Like there's no, there's no more <laughs> That's simply like all it is. And it might not make sense to our world or our mind, but yeah. it just, men are like, one track focus they don't have all these different variables and options in their mind they just it's like one it's like i want to see her again so i'll say it and this is what i'll say to girlfriends and stuff like a man will let if he wants to see you or spend time with you you'll know about it like if he's into you you know about it you just they don't they don't do this whole like men want to hunt like they're Mm. in there ingrained in them so if they want you they're gonna like hunt you down (laughs) it's just (laughs) they don't know any other way yeah absolutely Yes, Is that your absolutely. experience with Caleb? Like, he just made it clear to you that... Look, my experience with Caleb was <laughs> concerning. Those I... have the business, she's just, like, put her hand over her face <laughs> and rubbed her eye, like, oh. <laughs> no, it was funny because I was in a space, I'd just gone back to church, I'd sworn off dating, I was like, all right, God, I'm all yours, I'm not yeah. dating, I'm not doing anything. Um, I'd just been through 12 months of, like, I'd just broken up from big relationship like toxic as heck and then Mm. I had done 12 months of just being single and just dating and just 
destroying my self-worth because I was so desperate to feel loved that I just bounced from one guy to the next going, just trying to get somebody, basically trying to make a relationship happen. And I just, I screamed desperate. I'm sure. But we've all been there, babe. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because as soon as I didn't scream desperate, this man was just like, oh, she's so keen. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, it was funny. We met, we sort of, I found him like he walked in the door and the very first thing we were at life group. And the very first thing I remember thinking was there is something really attractive about him. My husband is like six and a half foot tall. He's a bald head. He's a broad guy like oh nice yeah but I can appreciate that yeah yeah and so (laughs) but there was just something about like just the way he carried himself and people say that about him all the time and I was just like there's something really attractive about him anyway we started chatting because I was really new to church and he just interrogated the crap out of me and then because Mm. I was like oh someone else is leading the conversation I don't have to like keep up and me being slightly introverted had just not not tried to keep up I was like okay this uh, this is nice like I can have this conversation and within about five minutes he was like okay well she's boring <laughs> because I wasn't asking him questions about himself and yeah. I was like okay so you were talking to me in hopes that I would talk to you about you you just wanted to yeah. talk about you and we talk we laugh about all the time now it's so funny but he was just like okay she's boring totally rode me off wow At church on the Sunday he came up to say hello. I was talking to somebody, but he's a really intense conversationalist. So mm. he's come up to say hello. I saw him coming. And I was like, in my head, I still remember it. It was like, he's too intense. I don't want to talk to him. I don't know what to say. I just don't. And so he comes up and he's like, hey, Ray. And I was like, hi, Caleb. And just turned around and continued my conversation. Like I was so, wow. and he was just like, right. And just, and I felt so bad. But you became chaseable. Yeah. Because you well, were like, I'm not giving it to you. And well, it gets better. It gets better because this guy was not a relationship thing in my head at all. I was like, I feel really bad. I feel like I need to at least reach out and be like, hey, I'm really sorry. Like, just, <laughs> I'm not being nice. Like, yeah, I was just like, I'm sorry. This is all being really intense. Like, I've been a judge for two and a half weeks. Like, just chill. And it was so funny because I messaged him. And I, it was, we'd been together like a year before he called me on it and he went, I was not interested in having a conversation with you. And if you go back and you read those messages, you will see that. And I was like, you are full of it. You were so keen. You were so okay to have this. It was Facebook Messenger. Well, yeah. I went back and he was like, one word it answers. Like, so and I just, and I was just like, I was just, I was coming back into faith. So I was just like people who get it, who like I can talk yeah. to. I will talk to anyone about anything. So yeah. I was like, I was not like this guy's relationship material. Let's see what I can do. I was like, he'll talk to me. I'll just talk to him. So we had these big in-depth conversations around faith and life and growing up in church and rah, 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 rah. And then, and then conversation stopped and I saw him at life group and he didn't even talk to me. And I was like, right. And then I got bored a week later and I messaged him about something that we'd been joking about and he hasn't stopped talking to me since. (laughs) (laughs) And I was still like, nah, whatever. Like I was just, it was just a friend. There was nothing. Literally, he had to come up behind me in church. And if you listen to his side of the story, and I will have to do an episode on it one day because it is the funniest thing. Like, he was was hella creepy. Like, (laughs) he came to church, like, specifically late, sat exactly two two rows behind me and exactly the chair behind me so that I couldn't see him if I turned around, tapped me on the shoulder after church, accused me of not being able to stop talking to him and told me we should get a coffee. (laughs) Oh, so beautiful I love the confidence oh it was hilarious oh he'd he'd been out drinking with the boys a couple of nights earlier and they had concocted this big plan and like confirmed that I was super keen this girl who had no idea so funny anyway so yeah here we are four years later married and living in a different city turned out well (laughs) that is so true though what you said at the end there about blokes talking they do like guys they do they talk with each other they do like I have found through dating, through working with Matthew Hussey, through now coaching men myself, mm. that men are just as afraid of rejection as us women are. Absolutely. I actually find men are more perfectionist mm. than us girls. Yeah. Um, and they have all of the fears around 
you know, relationships, dating, love, reaching out, getting rejected, picking up, not, you know, being, co- they have all the fear. Yeah. It's like it's human. It's not man or woman. It's human. Mm. And it's funny. Yeah. They'll do it. If, if they know you're interested, they'll go for it. Mm. So really you're only doing yourself a disservice by, by playing the shy game. Yeah. Be who totally. you are, just be who you are. Yeah. Just be who I, yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, I find that I, you know, sometimes, because I don't know if you've delved into the, uh, like, ideas of having a masculine and feminine energy, which, which like, everyone has. So women have a masculine energy, men have a feminine energy. And a, a big thing, I've, I, I am very quite strong in my masculine energy because being single, being independent, you know, living on my own, having to yeah. work, do finances, I have a dog, like a career path, you know, blah, 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 blah. So sometimes my masculine energy can come across a little bit too strong with men, mm. which this is what Hussey was also picking up on, but he didn't use this language. I've learned mm. about this. So he didn't mm-hmm. use this language, but... A masculine energy in a woman, if you're looking for a masculine man, it's too polarizing. Like they bump, mm. they, they, they bounce. It's like, um, you know, positive and positive in the energy field. It doesn't work. You need positive and negative, right? So for me, I it's a real balance for me to be myself, be my true authentic self, but understand that for a masculine man, like they, it's, it's ingrained in them to want to be the hero. Like they, mm. they, they want to feel like they've, you know, won you over or that yeah. they're, and it's not about me making myself smaller or making myself shy and like, Oh, step back because he needs, you know, it's this beautiful like dance that I'm learning to do of being my true self, but also understanding how men work. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, man. not coming across as too like masculine because that 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 like that, that it just doesn't work because guys don't so want like, a woman that doesn't need a man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like you know, I will be like, I will be a boss bitch nine to five. Like I've got a business. Like I work with like I coach. Like I said, I coach men, so I've got to be like that masculine sort of mm. presence there sometimes too. But when it comes to relationship, like I want a man to lead. Like I want mm-hmm. a man. Yeah. Safe and protected. I want him to lead. Like I will step into my feminine. So I don't like if there's women listening who are, you know, a lot of women say to me, "Oh, men don't like confident women. Like they just don't like confident women. Men love confident women. Yeah. But they they they're in an energy field, like a frequency level, vibrational level. If you're bringing across your masculine strong energy to a masculine man, it's not going to work. Yeah. So it's about understanding. Like men love confident women. But you need to have the the mix of the masculine feminine energy to sort of make the flow happen. It's like yin yin and yang type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does make so much sense, hey, because like I see that so much in my marriage is Caleb will say to me, I'll get super fiery and super like old as I'm being a bitch and he's like, You are so hot right now. <laughs> but I get super fiery and he's like, This is great. But he's like, I don't want you to be that fiery all the time. I want to be able to, I want to be that fiery for you. I want to protect yes. you. So, yeah. you know, there is times and he's lucky he got the best of both worlds. I'm fiery. I'm also such a sook. So I'll be like, yeah, yeah protect me. Yeah. <laughs> and, Men are built to be a container. They yeah. want to hold, they want to be a container for their woman. They want to be yeah. able to hold the, 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 the flow and the, crazy arseness of us women sometimes (laughs) and it's there it's just that feminine fire like Mm. men in a container and women are like the water type thing within the container yeah yeah i love it we've touched on this a little bit but what are some of the negative self-beliefs that you've had to overcome in the journey of like finding your sexiest self um and how did you overcome them yeah, good question. So for me, a lot of it's been around my physical. So yeah. I've always been a curvier girl. Um, and I think like embracing and understanding that my body is a turn on for a mm. lot of men and it's not a turn on for other men. And that's cool because mm. not every male body that I see turns me on, you know, mm. <laughs> some do, some don't like, and if sometimes it grows, sometimes like the connections there. So then it grows the physical side or sometimes the physical sides there straight away. And then, you know, whatever. Um, 
But for me, it's been this, like, what society and the media have, you know, particularly probably our generation growing up have taught us about, you know, what particular body type is sexy or what men mm. want. And I'm like, the ima- oh, my gosh, do you know what I was just about to say? I was just about to say the amount of men that I've slept with. And- <laughs> <laughs> with shame in saying that but at the same time it's like wow what a sentence but what i have realized maybe i'll say the variety the variety of men that i have had sexual relations with um which i am not ashamed of at all but has made me realize that you know like my body is so lovable like my body and like love my body there are parts of my body that i'm like oh is that a thing that you like i had no idea like <laughs> Like, you know, apparently my ass is something. I was like, I didn't know I was the person who had an ass. Like, I, <laughs> I've ever thought, oh, well, that's an asset. Like, I've just, I've never seen that on myself. You know? So funny. Uh, it's been a real, um, like, for me, a lot of it's been around my physical self and understanding that, like, dressing my body and moving my body in a way that's true for me not what's on trend or not what's Mm. told is sexy or told what taught what men want but doing you know dressing and and embracing my body and using my body just like on a dance floor and Mm -hmm. or way that I walk into a room or the way that I'll use body language when I'm flirting or the way that I am in bed with a guy the fact that that is true to me, like that's what makes me sexy, which mm. I've had to learn that because for a lot of years, like after my separation, when I was sort of first in the dating game, it was more so about like, oh, be got to be like this or move like this or men like this or, you know, mm-hmm. and I've just realized it's so unique, you know, like what men want is just so unique to yeah. each what every what each woman wants is so unique to each woman, you know. Um, Nikki, for example, on the single wives, she loves shorter men who are built like physically. That's sort of like her type. Like My Kyle. Type's yeah, like Kyle. <laughs> Kyle's perfect physically for Kyle. Yeah. Oh, there he is. That's it, you know. Um, <laughs> But yeah, for me, a lot of it's been around my body and embracing my body, getting to know my body, getting to know what I like sexually, getting to know what I like doing sexually mm. with men. Um, and I think, like, in terms of the limiting beliefs of, of what I've overcome to be sexy is, like, removing the shame. So removing that religious shame around how I use my body and when I when I use my body. Um and, in, and just like getting rid of that, that has been a huge one for me to remove yeah. the shame and guilt of being a sexual woman. Um, yeah, that's been that I'd probably say that the shame and, uh, and getting to know my body and it's mm. so cliche to say to just, you know, to love my body. Like it's deeper than that. It's, it's yeah. like, it's more unique than that. It's like, yeah. yeah. So I think those two things have been the biggest well, ones for me. Yeah. yeah. Cool. What has your experience of intimacy slash sex been? Keeping in mind that I need to rephrase this question because really I've got to add this every time. Intimacy is not sex, obviously. So intimacy is a shared experience. Sex is a physical experience. Sex can be intimate. Mm-hmm. You get where I'm going with that. Yep. What's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I've, well, I've realised, and again, take, this has been a big one for me to, to remove the shame, is that yep. I can, as a woman, have sex and it's just sex. Mm-hmm. And I leave the next day or maybe we go and have breakfast, at, you know, like that's cool too. And then, you know, we either talk again or we don't or we just chat and we never sleep together. Like, yep. I, it is possible for me and to be okay with that, that I can just, I can, it can be just sex. Um <clears throat> intimacy yeah you know it's interesting there's a guy i'm chatting to at the moment who oh god forbid if he listens to this (laughs) (laughs) say it am i gonna do this is he gonna listen like i told him i was doing this interview today i'm like oh is this gonna anyway we're sort of you know we're it's not even we because it's not a thing but we like he's acknowledged that there's there is a physical attraction between us, but he's very much on his personal growth journey at the moment. He's doing a lot of inner work. He's doing a lot of healing for himself. He's six months out of a relationship. 
can't believe I'm talking about this. Um, and, <laughs> and, and we've had discussions over the last few weeks because for me, I've wanted to lean in and make it something more. And even yep. for me, I've wanted to lean in and be like, oh, well, why don't we just try it? Let's just have sex. Yep. Like, we'll just lean in and see what happens. But he's been very much like, no, I don't want it to complicate things. Like, I don't yep. want it. So what it's left us with is this beautiful, like, distanced intimacy that is completely different to yeah. not having sex. It's, it's meant that we're, like, and COVID's a thing too, so, like, we haven't really seen each other much. But we'll have phone calls. And it's like our minds sometimes make love, you know? Really hope he's not listening. The more I'm talking, I'm like, <laughs> I, just, I really hope he's not listening. But it, okay, because, so I feel like the way you're going to know he's going to be like, let's mind love tonight. I'll send him photos of a brain, you know? <laughs> but it's been like this beautiful thing where it's like we're connecting. <laughs> we're connecting based on like, stories and growth and like i know it's crazy like, like <laughs> yeah, i love it no no hold bad here like i like <laughs> nothing clearly um but that to me has been like learning how to have connection too like it's not really being physical but it's mm. it doesn't mirror church life it doesn't mirror not being allowed to have sex it doesn't mm. mirror trying to do the right thing it doesn't mirror any of that it's just this like lovely kind of friendly intimacy that we're and if it who knows if it's interactive? I've got no idea. Like mm. he's, he's very much like, no, not ready. And I'm like, okay, I'm just surrendering. I'm just going to surrender and just let it be what it needs yeah. to be. Um, and if it's going to go somewhere, it will. And if it doesn't, then that's, it's not meant to. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's been, the intimacy thing has been, you know, depending on sometimes, the other thing is sometimes you can like, I know it's like this, there's this spiritual connection sometimes with a guy that you might be dating and sleeping with. And it's just so intense. And other guys you can date or sleep with and it's not as intense, you know, yep. and it's got nothing to do with performance or physical. It's a, it's like spiritual. It's like there's something else yep. going on. And I've only had some instances like that. Um, but I think intimacy is like, I mean, that's the goal. Yeah, that, you know, absolutely. Heartfelt intimacy. That's the goal. That's what you Yeah. Doing. Did you find that? And tell me to shut up here if this is so no, not a comfort call. Go for it. But... <laughs> Coming into marriage, not having had sex before, did you find that sex was easy or was that really difficult or was it a long journey, a short journey? What's that? What was that like? And then obviously coming out of it, because I think I did the reverse of you. I dated yeah. for ages. I yeah. got it all out of my system. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't yeah. get it all out of my system, but <clears throat> I then, I then, yeah <laughs> oh mate um no I think I think what I did was I went through it for all the wrong reasons and I think there's a very big difference in the way that you go through it um mm. but it didn't necessarily translate to having a super easy transition into it in my marriage in fact I could have sworn I was a virgin entering it into my marriage like <laughs> yeah that's a really interesting point and a great question I, um, one of the things I first realized on my honeymoon, which made me go, Hmm, is this, have we made like, what's has this decision really been true for you? Is mm. that I didn't want to have sex. Like I was not interested. I was just like, mm. it didn't bother me here, neither here nor there. And I was like, my husband was handsome. I found him handsome. You know, I found him attractive. The buildup was like, you know, I found that in the, in the Christian world, like the end game is sex. Mm. And what I've realized is like, it, that's just the start. Mm. Like, <laughs> like there's so much to sex. There's mm. so much, to, there's so much to get to know about yourself. There's so much to get to know about the other person. There's so much that it represents. There's so much that it can heal. There's so much that it can hurt. There's so much mm. like, there's just yep. physically and emotionally. Like there's so much to it. So going into sex, being married, like, it was almost like, oh, well, so we've done it now. Now what? Like there was no mm. understanding of like this is the start of a journey. It was like it was the end. It was like it was yeah. the end game, the end yeah. point. So I definitely struggled with sex in my marriage because I just didn't want to have it. I just didn't feel that connection with my ex-husband to actually want to engage in sex with him to the point where throughout, like towards the end of my marriage, I just thought I was asexual, which means mm -hmm. that you're someone who doesn't need to have sex. You're just like, oh, do it three yep. times in my life three babies and that's it. Mm -hmm. I honestly think that's 
who I was because I just wasn't interested. Then I left my marriage mm. <laughs> and, and I, and I met another man and we had a relationship and we were very, very connected. And I was like, Oh no, no, I, I definitely am a sexual person. I just didn't have that connection with my ex-husband. So my journey with sex started when I left my marriage because I just, it wasn't there for me when I was married. I, I And I think also even in the confines, this is where it can be so messed up with the teachings that I was given because I found that even though I was in the confines of marriage, so allowed to have sex mm-hmm. in, in the Christian world, I still had limiting beliefs and false beliefs around yep. shame and around guilt and around pushing down my sexual desires and my mm-hmm. wants and needs. It's not like, oh, I got married and stepped into the land of the plentiful and no. I'm now like, <laughs> and so whoo, party time, you know, it yeah. was not that at all. It was like, so that was confusing for me. Cause it was like, well, I'm allowed to now, but I don't want to like, what's mm. that all about? It was those wounds and those old teachings of still just the shame around sex that, was in the driver's seat for me, even yeah. my husband. So yeah, it was, for me, it was, I've gotten to know my sexual self outside of like, I w- I'd say we barely even had a sex life in my marriage. Like it got to the, yeah. it was weeks where I was, I'd say to my girlfriend's like, Oh gosh, I'm probably going to have to have sex in this week. Cause it's been three months and I just don't mm. care, you know, mm. which is a really sad place to be. And like ladies, it's, it's, it's so, it can be so much better than that. You know, yeah. like if that's yeah. here now, like, I'm not saying leave your marriage tomorrow. Question it, but, but question it. Question it because yep. it's not, you know, I never talk about what it should and shouldn't be or supposed to be because there's no such a thing, but it has the opportunity to be so much more than that. You know, mm. you don't have to settle for that. Like, oh, we've been married 10 years. We just don't. It's not a priority anymore. Yeah. Mm, what's behind that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's funny. Hey, if you, I think every woman gets to a point where if it's not there, they go, hmm. I don't think this is how it's supposed to be. Yes, yes. You're not, like not necessarily to supposed to be a raging bull, but I don't think this is quite how it's supposed to be. It's I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we definitely felt that. You do. I think you both either need to work through it or recognise, uh, this isn't, if this isn't. Absolutely. Here, and you know, like, I, I've had friends who, and this is the thing, like, I've had friends who have decided to have an open marriage for six months. Yeah. You know? And it's just, there's no, it's not like, this has been so big for me to understand is like right and wrong, get rid of right and wrong because growing up right and wrong is what it was all about. Yeah. (laughs) And so I've had to let go of right and wrong, but I've had to let go of that in every area of life, this idea of right and wrong, you know, it's like, am I, is this situation allowing me to express the truest, most authentic version of me? Yeah. That's my new question. Not, is this right for me? Is this wrong for me? Is this space, is this relationship, is this man, is this job, is this living arrangement, is my, are my finances, all of it. it, it uh, is this yeah. allowing me to express the truest, most authentic version of me? And if my intuition is like, ah, then I reevaluate. Yeah. And I go, well, absolutely. What, where do I need to fine tune here? Like what's going, what's going wrong? Yeah. Um, and it's I the think- same. It, it, when it comes to your sex life in your marriage, you don't yeah. have to settle for, we, you know, it's, it saddens me how many men too, men and women sacrifice themselves because they think, Oh, this is just how it is now. It's yeah. just, you know, we're just used to, we're just, you know, we're yeah. bored of each other. We're married. We've got the kids. Like, it's so sad. Yeah. Don't settle. Don't no. settle. <laughs> and it's scary to not settle. Like I left yeah. my marriage, I left my religion, my certain members of my family weren't, weren't in support of what I did. Like I left my career at the same time. I left yeah. every structure I had built myself around. I left all at once. Mm. And it's scary. Like it's not something that I can, will just sit here now and go, Oh, just do it. It's so worth it. Mm. It is so worth it, but it's also scary. Like to lean into that unknown is very scary, but what comes from it, I say is totally worth it. Absolutely. Yep. Mm. Yeah, you definitely need to take your time with that stuff and get the people around you that can support it because you walk out of that stuff and on your own. Yes. And yeah, it's a hard road. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard road. Yeah, lots of bumps. But you, you, you are. We all have within us the ability to navigate any bump that we come across. You know. Yeah. And I had to. Sure. I still remind myself that because yeah. I still find bumps. <laughs> so embrace the bumps and not try and go around them. Absolutely. <laughs> What is something you think women need to hear more of? Oh. That you don't 
have to be who you were taught to be. Mm. You know, like question, it's safe to question. Um, yeah, just that idea of, you know, like whatever boxes you were brought up in, like you were saying earlier, Ray, about you were too big. So you were mm. sort of like, like, oh, she's too, you know, be quiet, quieter, pipe down. Like you don't have to, there's more to who you are than who you were taught to be. And that for me has been like one of the most liberating realizations I've ever had because it's allowed me to hold space to myself to question things and try things and see what fits me, not mm. the mold that I was taught to fit into, but just the mold of me, what I actually look like, who I actually am. Um, and I find that for women particularly, you know, where there is a lot of shame. There's a, a lot of shame around being too much. There's shame around, oh, she's you know, around. Like, <laughs> like, like it says society, but like, who, like it just, to me, it's, you know, to know that to, to fit for a woman to feel like she's caged in and she has to be this, this person that she's been taught to be, but it's not who she truly is. Mm. is just so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. And it will manifest, you know, your body will represent it too. You'll feel it in your gut. Like, you know, mm. when you're not living true to who you are. Yeah. So I think, yeah, to, 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 to realize that you have permission just by being alive yeah. to question who you've been taught to be, to really find who you actually truly authentically are. That's what I want all women to know you know that that's yeah. that is a space that you are entitled to step into and question mm, it and yeah. then make decisions there regardless of what other people are saying or responding or reacting to you yeah, about for sure i love that hey finish this sentence i feel sexy when oh got a martini in my hand <laughs> bright red <laughs> <laughs> which is true that's right I love being dressed <laughs> had seriously ruined my dreams of outfits and martinis right now but <laughs> okay we'll get back there <laughs> I feel most sexy when I am when I I think I said at the start like when I am expressing myself true in that moment yeah whether it's at the dog park chatting to someone in my, in my active wear, but I'm able to be a bit flirty and a bit fun and I just am owning who I am. Or if it's I'm at a bar and a pair of slotters with a martini in my hands, <laughs> you know, I feel like, you know, I flirting makes me feel sexy too. Yeah. I love a flirt, you know. <laughs> um, but it's that, you know, I mean, there's obviously different levels of sexy in different situations. That's the mm. other thing too. Me, like, feeling most sexy, like, sort of across the board is when I am just when I'm in flow, that's what it is. Mm. When I'm in flow with my true self in that moment, whether it's in bed with a guy or standing at a bar saying, hey, or messaging on the apps, you know, like, or just walking through a shopping center, just yeah. feeling sexy, you know. Yeah. Um, it's when I feel like I'm in flow with me and I am projecting out to the world who I truly am and my body's representing that too. Yeah, and amazing. That, I love yeah. it. Where can people find you? So uh, you can find my website is emmawynne.com.au uh, or Instagram, it is at Emma Isabella, I-S-O-B-E-L-L-A or Facebook is Emma Wynn. So Beautiful. And tell them about your podcast because if people haven't listened to this podcast, then they're going to freaking love it. You are so simply divine girl. Um, so my podcast is walk through the wound, uh, and it is pretty much a space that is dedicated to understanding what your inner wound is, what your, mm. what's going on internally and walking through that. So, um, learning about yourself, doing the inner work, uh, healing the wounds, taking off the layers and the masks of who you were taught to be to know who you truly are. Mm. Um, and I have a lot of people like say to me because they know I'm, you know, a coach and in that sort of inner work space, like how do you do the inner work? How do you actually do it? So I like to use this podcast as a platform to help people understand how to do it, how to mm. go with yourself to go on the journey. Yeah. So love I'd it. I'd love to have you. I would love <laughs> to come on over and have a listen. Yeah, do it. It's <laughs> um 
It's so good. I will link all of that in the show notes so that you guys can go and find them. And thank you so much. It's been so much fun. I'm so excited for today. I've loved it. Oh, me too. It's been great. You know, there are certain podcasts that stand out and this one's been really fun. Bubbly and chatty. We've touched on everything. It's great. It's been a whole chat. (laughs) It's covered all the bases. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is always good to cover all bases. Yeah, you know, know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> thanks, lovely. <laughs> thank you, babe. Have a great day. Babe, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the I Am Sexy podcast. I hope you loved this chat as much as I did. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I promise this podcasting amateur improves. And to leave a review, every little bit that you, my beautiful tribe, do to support me and to show me your love means the world. So thank you so much again for tuning in. I'll see you the same time next week for another sexy chat. Bye.